So considering the Indriya, the factor of Virya, which uh, means energy, energy that's ready for application. So this is slightly different from effort, which is the application. We must be clear about the distinction because you can't apply what you don't have. So, So too much emphasis on effort without an encouragement to facilitate, amplify, clear energy is not helpful because it's a sort of rupturing of the heart <laughs> and it's strained. Since uh, a considerable amount of persistence and um, long-term endeavor, diligence is, is the standard is required, is the standard, then we do ourselves well to uh, understand and facilitate the gathering, the cleansing, the harnessing, the arousing, and the right cultivation of energy. Urea. Which one might say there is, uh, uh, I like to think of it in, in three um, stages or three phases. It's just the gathering of it. So energy is being collected. Uh, energy is the, the willingness, uh, the potential, gathering willingness, the gathering potential. Mm. The sense of finding a specific point, theme, moment, topic, great or small, seemingly mundane or minor, physical, emotional, psychological, any level, something that you could put the that energy into that will lead to the dispelling of the unskillful or the kindling the arousing, the dwelling in, the skillful. So there's, so it starts to become an application around specific point. And then the result, third phase is one's energy is fruitful. Uh, one has released something difficult one has entered into something uplifting, one's energy is actually uh, replenished and and even more uh, potential becomes available. Mm. This is a furthering process. And to bear in mind, (coughs) we have these three um, bases, the body base, the heart base and the thinking mind which the thinking mind generally can expend a lot of energy 
doesn't have much weight, doesn't have any way of, of gathering it. It expends it into, well, skillful and unskillful uh, processes, but it generally uses energy. You don't really get any energy with that. Energy comes primarily from the heart. Chitta is gladdened, uh, comforted, steadied, inspired, is willing. And uh, comes from the body, somatic domain, one feels steady, stable, mm, you know, certain gathering strength in a uh, in an authentic way. So these these two bases are the places where we we gather, and whatever we use with our thinking mind for energy is really just to to ignite or to touch into or say where is that now so it's just there to think your mind just used to cannot gather it itself but it could maybe say well i think it'd be good if you just sort of uh you know put that aside or pick that up or rem- recollected this which will gladden and encourage you know. that's about all it can do so there's really no point in just the thinking mind going on and on about making more effort. <laughs> uh, it's just a, it's just comes a nagging um, thing, litany of, of push. <clears throat> it doesn't light anything up. It generally actually depresses <laughs> because it makes you feel bad and not... Uh, not gladdened, not not uh, uh, not picked up, but actually castigated in some ways or pushed. And generally, that doesn't arouse uh, the right kind of energy from the heart. Which is, so you look in these uh, lists, you have faith. So, if energy can be comes from a certain sense of faith, uh, one is willing, one is open, and there's something one can feel confident about. One's faith is resting in the in the triple gem. Uh, and this may sound very abstract, uh, but maybe we start to recollect sangha. You know, human beings like me who've definitely struggled and gone down, and you know, gone down for eight and struggled and got back up again and tried again. You know, that kind of thing. And the Buddha uh, and this opportunity we have to practice in my Kindle that. Or even just a sense of belonging to a, to a, to a fellowship, extending in space and time beyond these national personal boundaries into this body, that is, you know, bringing some light into the darkness of this condition. So this is going to be a source of, oh yes, let me put part of that in my small way. Let me light my candle. You know, if it just means, you know, I kind of get up and walk up and down a bit or, or chant or something, some way in which one is entering that, that field of practice and gladdened by it. Another way in which um, energy is listed is in these idipadas, the four idipadas, which are called the translated as the basis for success. 
anything you do, and this is begins with chanda, which is desire, motivation, interest. One is motivated. Oh yeah, let's do this. That rouses energy. Idipada is chanda, uh, motivation. Um, virya and jitta, awareness, spirit, heart, and vimanksa, investigation. That's another topic. But just to, so, so these these can be seen as basis or or uh, supportive factors for the kindling. Um, the lighting of one's energy fire. Mm. And so sometimes you just got to keep striking those matches and the wood's a bit wet and you keep... <laughs> because, of course, the... Uh, the, uh, the fact, the other fact is, of course, that, of course, uh, just as the mind is energizes by gladdening, inspiring, reassuring, strengthening qualities. It's also uh, hindered and clouded and crushed and depressed by negative factors. So this very much affects energy. There's both, we say, uh, on a mental level, there's psychological weariness. Oh, fed up, you know. And uh, despond doubt these all leak energy or destroy it or or muddle it there's energy that gets distracted we get spun out into this that and the other lose a lot of energy just chasing chasing rabbits you know which don't even exist running around trying to get to the end of the rainbow and so we waste a lot of energy in in sense desire we get obsessive and negative and that burns out a lot of good energy and you put a lot of energy into complaining and <laughs> about oneself uses energy <laughs> everything uses energy <laughs> it's quite it's quite uh daunting when you you tot up make an account at the end of the day how much energy one used in in <laughs> being critical <laughs> Uh, so energy, everything takes energy. To think takes energy. So you just start with that. You think, well, let's really, you see this vital resource. You don't think about anything you don't have to think about <laughs> because you're going to use some. So I, I certainly have this um, uh, kind of protocol where if I don't have to think about something, I don't. <laughs> and I don't have to have an opinion about something, I don't. Because it's just like, <laughs> you know, there's energy being used up in that, and it's a precious resource. So this is this is the logic of renunciation. Yes, you start. Look, don't bother, because you use up juice. It's not a moral disapproval. It's just the pragmatic assessment of one's resources. Because you know, everything takes energy, and if it's not you know, helping, then it's then it's hindering. So, you know, this really the, the hindrances, you see, that we unconsciously we're not, can use our energy in hindering ways, sense desire, ill will, and then result in like a torpid state, which is like apathetic. 
sloth torpor is, is mentally it's in kind of apathy like a well you know <laughs> that you can always feel the tone of that like a damp gray dullness this is before it becomes embodied but just the mental tone of apathy uh, and this also clouds and suppresses energy restlessness uses it up and doubt sends it in the wrong direction Doubt means we're trying to find certainty in things we can't be certain about. So we use up a lot of energy, speculative thought, uh, trying to find certainty in a future that doesn't exist. You know, oh, speculation uses up energy. So, you know, to just whatever one can do to withdraw from those, because these. And of course, as we will recognize there, that's a nice idea, but one, it's, it's not so easy to withdraw from them. Mm. They become habituated. And this is the chitta's problem. Is It, it gets built in you know, through habitual activation. Those activations become set programs, become ruts, the jitter slides down because it's gone down at so many times. You've got a huge groove and your jitter just slides down the depressed, the anxious, the fearful, the complaining, the craving, the distracting, or the giving up. You know, those become carved. And because this can be the case for, for us, and then we really have to find ways in which we can, you know, lift out of those. Mm. Mm. But the jitter is often rather weakened by all this process. Um, even though it may seem to have a lot of energy, but it doesn't have, it only has energy for habits. So this is what I'm saying, the, the benefit or the working on the somatic level. I would say this is the sole solution, but you know here you can there there is a body, and the jitta and the somatic domain pretty much interface, or even can be seen sometimes as as two sides of the same thing. Energy transfers from jitta to the body, so just as you know, uh, when we feel saddened, that can very much affect our bodily energy goes down. We feel loved and blessed, the energy energy comes up, body energy rouses, uh, and you get angry, you get a lot of fiery energy coming into the body. So these transfer in this way. It's just something we c- can easily, you know, verify for ourselves. Similarly, Healthy, strong body, clear body energy. You know, I don't mean you know physical energy. I mean somatic energy. I don't mean muscle power. I mean a healthy, embodied vitality will transfer into the jitta and support it. And this is very much the theme in our embodied practices. And the meeting point. It's called rapture. This is when body energy and, and 
chitta energy meet and you get this lifting. When they meet in a, in a skillful state, this is when you get the lift, the buoyancy called rapture, which is, can felt on a, on a somatic level as a kind of trilling, thrilling energy. And in the heart is a certain buoyancy where you're not having to push anymore. Something's lifting you. Rapture. Associated with the casting off of the five hindrances. A relief, a blessing. And then this is a, 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 a thing. When we've arrived at rapture, then now we're resourced to steady and cool and even out and make use of the energy into, um, say, sukha, calm, ease, and samadhi, steadiness, firmness. And we can also from also use that for when the mind is steady, then we can witness things far more clearly because we're not kind of sinking or lurching or scattering. So this this quality of piti, which sits in the middle of the enlightenment factors, is quite pivotal in the fourth of the seven. And you can see that in that list it comes after virya. This energy is now available and touching into the, the good place. This is where, as I say again, this is where body and mind meet. If we look in the process of the Buddha's instructions, you often see there's a kind of a a to and fro between the 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 citta and and the body. Uh, So one says a sense of precept, which is a mental inclination, and then one feels gladdened by that. That's a pamoja, gladness. And the gladness of that gives a certain firming up. And, a, and a, uh, you know, when we keep, uh, we, we're setting a boundary and we feel gladdened by that, there's a certain firming that occurs. The body begins, our somatic sense begins to firm up. Uh, and then from this, when the body feels firm and steady and we've cultivated that, then the heart feels happy and sukha arises. Piti sukha arises. So it's kind of to and fro between the two. Look in the Anapanasati, you see that the piti factor occurs through the body. And it's having cultivated this um, thoroughly sensitive to the entire body and soothing, evening, straightening out, clearing, calming the body energy so it's no longer jagged or sluggish, then that somatic energy transfers into the chitta and and there's this piti quality which rises. It's certainly not a thought and it's not an emotion, though naturally it can give rise to an emotion. It's just an energy form that moves in and this transference occurs and this is the beginning of what we call samadhi because the mind 
heart and the body have come together at an energetic level. They've begun to merge. So this is the unification quality of samadhi. These two energetic forms have met and, and, a, and they've met in a healthy and uh, skillful way. Bright. Well, you know, you know realising there's, there's a process for all this because we may... St- in accordance with our uh, uh, jitters, acquisitions, and and um, fluctuations, the karmic process unrolls, and uh, you know we may be receiving residues of where we were at a week ago, maybe tumbling through uh, health issues coming up, um, kinds of stuff rolling through that that if you feel it in your in your jitta, it will certainly affect your energy. You can't separate these two because jitta is has energy in it. So I hope that's clear. You, if you feel, if you're aware of something and it feels you, it touches you, it must have an energetic effect because that that's that's how that's what the experience of impact is. It's an energy. You go, oh, 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 that that. Resonance, that's, that's energy shifting, heart energy shifting. Now we may very much associate with feeling saddened or annoyed, the emotional, you know, form that arises from that, but at the moment of impact, there's an energetic shift. You feel shocked, that's an energetic shift. You feel pleased, it's an energetic shift. This happens all the time, though we may not notice it. You know, just coming from silence and you silence and spend a lot of retreat in silence. You meet somebody that, oh, oof. <laughs> you know, things start sh- shimmering, as you may have noticed. And the shifting occurs and there's this, maybe it levels. And we can make something out of that, either, you know, whatever how you interpret it. But, what we do notice is this tremble and this energetic fluctuations that occur just at the moment of contact, felt contact, right? Not your felt contact. And felt contact doesn't mean you have to physically touch it. Uh, it means it just has to plop into your chitta. So you can see something, you know, 10 feet away. And the perception of that triggers and there's energetic tremble or a retraction or a rising gladdened and then you get gladdened or agitated or something but there's that you see that impact what passa contact is something touches your chitta and it touches it through any perception that is a felt meaning that arises dependent upon a sense base so we see we hear something we read something, we think something, and a perception arises of gladdening or disappointing or worrying. There's a, there's a, there's a shifting in the chitta. Oh, stirred, stirred, moved, touched. That, that's energetic. And there can be you know, pleasant or disagreeable 
feelings and and responses to that. But just notice that chitta is just so mobile. The Buddha said this moves so fast, so quickly, I can't even find a word to describe it. It's just like, you know, it's like, like the air in this room is never an entity. It's just always something that's just completely dyna- dynamic and, and as delicate and fluctuating as a dandelion seed in the wind. It's just that light. And yet it can seem so so intensely heavy when it's stuck just as a storm of wind, of sheer air, can knock down buildings like a fist. So the chitta in its storm, in its intensity, can acquire that kind of seeming rigidity. So it changes all shapes and forms. And those are energetic. Naturally, we have those those emotional uh, interpretations which are instinctive that occur around that. Also, when you experience emotional interpretations, don't be so sure that you got it right. Often it's just it's just disturbing, just stirring, and be careful with the words you use that you label it as you know, getting angry or something. No, just just aroused. Fearful, no, no, just sensitive. Not ready yet, that's all. Everybody's like that. It's supposed to be like that. And then just bear with it. Jitter. Held steady. Will shift and change. Reacted to. You'll, so you'll throw it into a, a pattern in accordance with your uh, patterns. The easiest way, the most habitual way, it will go into that, into the self-complaining or the worrying or the despair. Or the overestimation. You know, I can do this, I can do that. Just because you're feeling a little bit lifted. <laughs> Then you go overextend yourself. <laughs> That's because you've got a certain pleasant resonance arises. Just careful. It just means it's a pleasant resonance <laughs> arising. Uh, let's pause. And don't just jump on that. Let, it, let the energy of that seep into it. If it's agreeable, let it seep in and store it. And if it's something you're finding you're struggling with, let it touch the ground in your body. Let your body help you to deal with it. How is this? Thoroughly sensitive to the entire body. Now, because our somatic domain is also energy, energetic, is different energy forms, and the you can check it out for yourself. But you're probably going to find that anything that is not 
that is unhelpful will have a certain constricted quality to it. That is, you feel like it's your chest, and you don't, you don't, you're not aware of your back or your legs. It's in your chest, or it's in your belly, or it's your throat, your head. You've got a certain localization, which is seems very uh, over-activated, not necessarily streaming with good energy, but over-activated with negative energy. Feel kind of heavy, weighty, swirling, groggy, mucky shot shot away you know ugh, or tight and defended and cramped you think oh god I so do with this you're struggling to get out of it why am i like this there's something wrong I need, you know, to do this i need one of these i need a hit of something that gets kicked me out of this state get out of it and so <laughs> one reacts to that and tries to deal with it but what we haven't probably don't do often enough I would suggest is take the time to just okay right so that's all up in in around my head and throat isn't it so what's happening down my shoulders and back take your time because energy isn't there so you've got to keep inviting it down your back into your legs into the feet inviting it and teasing and coaxing through your awareness just inviting the energy to come trying to feel your whole body more entirely and ideally it's so that you can Ideally, which is an ideal and may take some time, this is very simple body, which is just the upright sense, like a certain pillar quality from the feet to the crown and a certain sphere around it, the space around it. That's, you say, a basic somatic form is rather like that. Could when it in its unhindered, so simple, strong center and an expanded, comfortable space. And I suggest for most people that's not the case habitually. Uh, there's no space when it's quite compacted. Uh, there's not a complete axis. There's bits, broke bits and pieces. Maybe you know from the center of the chest up to the head. Uh, and that's about it. So just taking time to, to, with awareness, touching in to what's beneath this, what's below this, anything, you know. Uh, so just to, to to get that in, the entire body there, and you'll find that that will allow this negative negative energy to release and drain, clear. then body will start bringing in uh, 
breathing in skillful or, or supportive energy because that's what it does you know look at it very close up you recognize breathing in and out is an energetic thing you breathe out to expel stale dead stuff and you breathe in to bring in fresh new new things you don't have to decide that <laughs> you don't have to be good to do it it's just the body does it for you yeah. That, that's a fairly specific case, but the breathing is really like the conductor of body energy. And it's, a, it's, the, it's the conductor of it, it's the leader of the pack, the thing that draws it in and out. Uh, so that is the life energy is of that nature it has to be to keep clearing the finished the dead the stale or the downright poisonous and then emptying that so the room for free energy to arise and so what again we may not necessarily instinctively uh, realize or, or understand is that um, and but it's there if you review the way that the teachings are presented it, it's in the the non or the undoing that is the is the instigator that is we begin with not doing just like you don't kill you don't steal you don't lie uh, one refrains from unwholesome states so the, the initiator is just to expel or clear the unhelpful. So it's not like pull yourself together, <laughs> snap out of it, cheer up, get going. No, you don't start with that. You start with empty out the unskillful and the good stuff will start to come in by itself and then you can encourage that. Right? So that the process is essentially clear the negative avoid the negative if you can make sure you don't go into the negative that's best but if you've still got negative residues the emphasis is on just the, the clearing and the dispelling of those so that the bright can arise hmm. this is quite different from say worldly things where you mostly the emphasis is on you know get going acquire the good push snap out of it you know uh, buck up whatever the language is um, and you know don't clear the negative just forget about it <laughs> or leave leave it leave it behind if you run hard enough you leave it behind uh, or there isn't any negative at all it's just all positive just keep going which is exceptionally um, cruel and destructive because the, it's like the it's like you never going to the bathroom to empty out what do you think's going to happen to your system <laughs> there's no emptying out of of the finished it doesn't even have to be toxic it's just it's finished so empty it out 
how can, how can you have a new how can you have a meal if you haven't emptied out what you already had and there are residues right just even kind of biological level and so this is even more the case with with the mind and the somatic domains have a lot of um you know inheritance of of residues that need to be cleared either toxic damaging or just unnecessary and hindering they clog the system a light clean system is a lot more open for bright energy to arise this is a very different attitude than get going it means receive good bring it up once you've once you've touched into that then ah that's that now dwell upon it linger in it don't just splurge it on some fa- fantastic ideal but uh, of omission just linger in it steady it till it it fills your entire body then you have the quality and the heart and you're clearing the hindrances then it's ready you know and then in the ones then sense of steadying and evening out and spreading it through the form so we'll notice i'm suggesting that that uh, when one's in a, in a negative energy state you're going to feel rather reduced so you can even locate areas of your body that you feel jammed into you might have particular topics in your mind that you're, you're stuck in and you see and you the sense is you've got to try and get rid of these things so you go into it and get negative about it and try and eradicate it yeah but what i'm suggesting offering is no don't do that just go to the whole open instead widen soften open Did you touch ground now ground in the body is a fairly um, slightly mysterious topic but we might say the place where you get a sense of the body is rested and supported here's the example standing you feel the ground beneath your feet and you do whatever you can to just stabilize in that and keep aligning to that and allowing difficult unpleasant feeling to be there and just don't get mesmerized by that instead come down feeling the feet and holding or letting the upright axis form become clearer and then open your space this may take quite a while of course you can also use walking where just the sense of the the, the steady movement the uh, give you a feeling of space walking is good for the space quality because you you have to have space to walk so you're moving through so this moving through gives helps to generate a kind of a light rolling energy that begins to dislodge frozen locked you know heavy states 
but you must focus on the fluid and the mobile when you when you do walking so make that quite obvious so the walking is rather fluid experience because it's that fluidity and mobility as an energy that begins to touch into the locked or the, the depressed states and you know start to tease them out and release them so walking you have the space quality and something rhythmic standing you have the ground quality yeah. and so these act as somatic references which will um, act as basis for the gathering so as I said this energy process in three phases first of all finding a place or a scenario or a theme or a meditation topic where you can just gather energy just rest there resting in that until it begins to pick up and then more that one dwells in that lingers in that then the sense of potency becomes more apparent potential becomes apparent becomes it begins to build up build up some potential and you start to feel things shifting and releasing the benefit of this is that there isn't somebody doing it it's not like I have to go in there and sort myself out because so often in the negative energy state the I am is also negative the I am remember the I am is a result of jitta states it's not the initiator of jitta states the sense of I am is the result so if one's in a negative state the I am will be in a kind of negative state it might actually just be annoyed or irritated or desperate or trying to work it out but not resourced enough to do so I don't think one can arouse energy from the I am state so we can we can gather from just the embodiment when we begin to release I am because I am in this negative state feels pretty much a mess <laughs> uh, afflicted depressed hopeless useless uh, groggy uh, agitated the I am is not a good bet in these scenarios see you, you come to a body which is not an I am it's just there it is the I am rests upon it and you start to get some sense of being held uh, so then in the heart qualities then this is the phrase is used we place our faith in the Tathagata was the way that the people at that time would speak or we take refuge in the triple gem which acts as a kind of spiritual ground yeah, in spiritual space it's a reference that we can build um, gather, cultivate 
uh, and it's uh, something which enters, bestows blessings on me. This is one of the chants that's made, which I am lays itself down in its not very good state. And the triple gem says, okay, here we are. Uh-huh. There's kindness, there's compassion, there's goodwill. That's being received. This again is not always so easy for people, um, particularly in our more uh, secular and and rational um, minds and cultures, but it's pretty much a mainstay in um, Buddhist cultures. Just as I would guess, you know, Catholic cultures, the Mary or Jesus would be, they have that same uh, role. One places one's faith in that. And of course, you know, you can take issues whether whether what you place your faith is in Kuan Yin or Mary or Jesus, but sometimes you don't really care anymore, just anything will do. <laughs> Cares what the name is, because it's really just an emblem of of steadiness, compassion, and that which constantly receives you. you know. uh, so uh, we can see how how many cultures who've you know developed separately have all found this point, whether it's the Great Spirit or whether it's Mother Mary or Quan Yin or what, you know they've all found this particular reference point. And they've given it their own specific names according to the culture, but it, it always it always evolves. Yeah. You think why? Why did the Chinese and the Nicaraguans who never they all got the same idea? Because it's a fundamental spiritual need to to touch into that which accepts is blessed is sacred and. And that's what sacredness means. Yeah, it's that which um, we enter, we don't know it, it's bigger, it's mysterious, it's beyond, but it's basically benevolent. And what ever emblems or icons that you can formulate, um, that certainly will be for one's welfare. You know, you may, as I said, you may take issue with the the colours and the, the names and the designations. You know. But um you can you know if you if you it's more helpful you can refer to it as just a a region of your of your own heart if that makes you feel more easy. Um, but it's a it's an area that is so often addressed yeah. As as a thou, as I to you. It's that addressing. And it's the puja is the generation of that where we, we address as if it is something other than the I am, which it is. It's not the I am bit, it's another bit uh which is bigger than the I am. And so that that Entering into that, what is that? It's spacious. Yeah. Whatever the name is, it's generally got a lot of space. 
it's 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 hugely tolerant and compassionate it is bright it's not depressed <laughs> uh, it's non-critical and it offers blessings now and even these words may feel, be difficult where do you lay yourself down where can you put down the burden of individuality the burden of being a separate isolated person could be in sangha Buddha's a bit challenging and at least with um, Buddhism you've got three you don't really like Buddhas that much you know they give you funny feelings then there's Dhamma which is great but it's a bit impersonal and there's Sangha which means you know I am I enter and I the, the, you know the field of the human beings who are trying and and aspiring and making commitments and that's part of what I am or what what I enter and so this then beauty of Sangha is that one can begin to you know cultivate that in, in a group so monastic life this is pretty much a, um, a, a, a you know a daily reference to it's not just the group of people who, who mean well and, and you know have their you know joys and sorrows with each other and try to make things work but at a certain point in puja no 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 that's not so and so and so and so this is we're now we're in sangha now we're in sangha and that quality means you just you just find yourself just look just where i would give up I say, no, I'm in Sangha. It just helps to just tip against the tide of despair. Oh, no, I'm in Sangha. Like me, they struggle. Like me, you know, they suffer. Like me, they try. Like me, they commit. Therefore, you crystallize those qualities and and the empathic quality that can occur in sangha, you know, beyond whether what we think about each other, you get a sense of something here can touch the ground and lift. This is very standard usage, in, and it's iterated many, many times. Certainly in our training monasteries, it's constant reference. This is for the sangha, sangha of the future. Sangha of the past, what we've inherited, what will come after us. This is not for me and you, this is for the Sangha. And really most most useful at, at a ritual level, where it's not even about creating a monastery, but just we're here to sustain the virtue aspect in the world. We're here to hold the candle. And I, you know, and I just realize that. Can you just at least get your hand on it and bear with the discomfort, everybody's had that. The hindrances, everybody's had that. Uh, the difficulties, everyone's had that. Bear with it a little bit longer. Open, widen your perspectives. Hmm? Widen your perspectives. Widen your perspectives. Get out of the narrow I am state. Widen your perspectives. This is the jitta quality. 
which it can do, as we all recognise, you know, we're in a, we're a difficulty together, people help each other. If there is a spirit of community, people will bond and be, be strengthened by the difficulty. And it's one of our, again, problems of our society, so much is made upon the individual on their own. And this is desperately, desperately uh, uh, undermining. On our own, we're not up to it. The I am is not up to it at all. Not up to this. Not up to this task. It's just not capable. Nothing wrong with you, particularly. It just is not capable. <laughs> but jitter is capable. But we come out to something bigger. But when the jitter is, is, is occluded and forgetful and enmeshed, then we use the resource of the body, the whole body, and taking the time to let it come in, steady, stabilize, and fill our awareness. Let the uncomfortable feelings move through. And you're finding, yeah, there's an energy which is not about a, a rushing forward or doing something or making something happen. There's an energy which is just steadying, uplifting, ready you know, to be turned whichever direction seems appropriate. Function of mindfulness then is to create a loop around that. Don't blow it. Hold it steady. Create a boundary around that. In body, walking, standing, deal with the issues and problems. Keep it there. Be mindful of that resource as a precious um, quality. Well. Um,